Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. All right, so I promised you guys a juicy story about your pastors, Vashti and Landon. You know, who was the one that recommended me telling you the story? Were you, you two? Okay. So, if you guys don't know, there's a story we call about the angels knocking on the door. And so, and he just left. Well, we will, we'll share it online. He can hear it. And so, there's this one day. It's just me and April and Vashti. Landon wasn't there quite yet. You know, he came, he came a little later. (laughs) And so we were just driving around, you know, we were, we were bored, you know, we were, uh, ministry school students. We, uh, that's where I met April Vashti and Landon over at a place, uh, called the ramp school ministry for you guys just coming getting that are in the last year and getting out of high school. It'd be a great place to go if you guys wanted to go. I'm telling you, it's incredible. You know, God's doing amazing things there. Well, anyways, we were kind of just bored one night and we were like wondering what to do. And April's like, what if we go play ding dong ditch at the doors <laughs> dorm? At the, at the, at the boys dorm. And we were like, uh, well, maybe. So we go over there and we drive right up to it. Like we creep really slowly up. And then when we go over there, April, she's like, no, it's okay. But Vosh, she's like, I'll go do it. And she runs and she goes and knocks on the door and then she runs. And then, you know, she jumps back in and I speed away. And a few minutes later, she's like, April's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. So we just drive back over there and you see April, she runs and she knocks on the door and then she, you know, she runs back and she jumps in the car and I speed away. And, uh, you know, we thought that was it. Well, the next morning, the guy that is over the whole dorm room, like upstairs and downstairs, he's called an RA. He also helped assistant manage a cafe April worked at. And he's like, April, you guys would never believe what happened last night. Angels were knocking on our door. And we're like, what are you talking about? He's like, I had all the guys come downstairs and we were having a prayer meeting. And it's like, and we were like praying for God to move in the supernatural and move for some for God to do something. And so one of the guys started playing for angels knocking on your door. So we started praying for angels knocking on your door. And he's like, and all of a sudden we hear, dot, dot, dot. And we're like, no way. And we go over there. It's like, and we open the door. Nobody's there, April. Nobody's there. And he closes the door and he says, you guys see, the Lord did this. And because of your faith, he'll do it again. And so, and so we're, so we're over there, you know, and he says, you know, they're praying for a few more minutes. And then all of a sudden, tap, tap, tap. And they are in disbelief. They look like, no. And they, they walk over and open the door. And nobody's there. They're like, God, you did it. And then April's like, Dougie? Those are the guys. He's like, that was me. And he was like, what? She was like, that was me, Dougie. It was me and Vashti. Oh, no. He's like, oh, no. Now I'm going to have to tell all the guys that I was wrong. But... <laughs> If you know my beautiful wife, and if you know your your pastor, Vashti, and you guys would know that the Lord really did send angels to them. So there you go. There you go. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's the angels knocking at the door. But, but now, should I tell them about Pastor Stephen? Oh, boy. All right. Since I'm on a roll, I think I should probably already go there. Um, now, this one doesn't. Not really, but I think it's going to be fun. So, it's, it was me, April, Vashti, Landon, or in your case, Pastor Vashti, Pastor Landon, and my now sister-in-law, April's sister, Jessica. And we are wanting to go stargazing. So we go to McDonald's at that time where I think Vashti, yeah, Vashti worked at McDonald's at that time. And so she had a, we all had our blankets and we got hot chocolate and we were going to go stargazing. Who in here goes, likes to go look out in the stars? Yes, because they're beautiful, right? They're awesome. It's You're the like, last day I ever liked it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it's like eleven o'clock at night, and you know we're walking down this this road, and then we're like, what if we go to one of our pastors? His name is Pastor Stephen. What if we go to his house, and go knock on his door and start singing him Christmas carols? Well, what we did not consider is that you know he was up there. In, in the Navy, doing a lot of stuff. He did that before, and he was also a single father of three daughters. So we didn't take in consideration, this guy might be on the defense at 11 o'clock at night. Well, we go over there just wanting to go sing him some Christmas songs, some Christmas carols. And so we go over and we knock on the door, ta ta ta, and no one's answering. We're like, it's okay, we'll catch him another time. So we walk back, and when we're halfway out the driveway, we hear... Who's out there? And then we all turn around and start singing, We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And then he says, Who's out there? And he said, And we're, I'm like, Oh, it's Andrew, April, Jessica, Vashti, and Landon. And then he turns on the light and he's holding a pistol. And he says, All right, never come to somebody's house uninvited. And unloads. And, you know, April and Vox, she's like, We should have never done that! We should have never done that! We almost got shot! We almost got shot! I'm like, guys, here we did it. Like, no, we almost got shot! I can't believe it! Anyways, a minute or two later, we get, Vashti gets a text. Where's it, April? I get a text. April gets a text from Pastor Steven. He says, Hey, guys. Thank you for blessing me with the Christmas song. Uh, it's like, I hope you guys have a great night, and I hope I didn't scare anyone too much, except Vashti. <laughs> and, so, and so we have that love. If you're listening, Pastor Stephen, we love you. And so that, that taught us not to knock on somebody's doors at 11 o'clock at night at Randomly Uninvited, right? It wasn't no. even Christmas. It wasn't even Christmas. It was like late October, early November. And so it was like completely out of random. And so, all right. So who in here likes to read their Bible? I just want I'm just wondering. Yeah? All right. So guys, I do have some scripture for you. All right. I'm gonna try to be quick, but I know that the Lord the word that the Lord's given me for you guys. It's valuable. Now, April, I have to say, I think she kind of went in out of Peter after I told her about Peter. That the Lord laid on my heart. Actually, I don't know. She might have not. I was like, I was so excited when the Lord told me what to speak to you guys um, because the topic is Jesus over culture. Yes. 
But, you know, for me, I, I'm a night owl. Do I got any night owls in here? Yeah, almost everybody but one. Okay. So I was, like, so excited. I woke April up, like, at 1 or 2 o'clock. I was like, this is the word the Lord gave for me. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, it's okay. She was exhausted. It was my bad. I was, not being a, I was not being a thoughtful husband. I should have just let her sleep. I'm sorry. But the word the Lord gave me about you guys is about a man named Peter. Who in here knows about the disciple Peter? Yeah? Okay, about four of you guys? Five, 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 six? Yes? All right. So you guys know. All right, so Peter, he was a follower of Jesus. And this is and I'm going to go from 1 Peter chapter 1. And, we're, and guys, I'm going to let you know I have a little segments out of three chapters. This is going to be the longest one, so don't get worried, okay? Out of verse starting at verse 3. It says, "Blessed be God and and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again in the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, from the dead, to obtain an, an inheritance which is everlasting and undefiled, which means it's pure, and it will not fade away, and it's reserved for you in heaven. God has a gift for you with your name on it. And it's in who are protected by the power of God through our faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. He's saying he has a gift for you, and you know he's wanting. He's he's just waiting for the perfect moment to show you, and it is maybe for the later days. Yeah. And so he says, uh, and and this I greatly rejoice that even though for a little while, you know, it's been necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Who in here has ever had to go through a hard situation before? Everybody. Yes. So he says. It's necessary that you've been through trials so that the proof of your faith be because why he's saying that the, you're going through trials so you can have a proof of your faith that's being more precious than gold and that and that which cannot fade away. It's like even though it's tested by fire, it may be found to, uh, in praise and glory to honor the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because whenever we go through trials, sometimes we can cling closer to the Lord and He can show Himself more to us, right? Yeah. It's like sometimes, like I know I love to seek the Lord every day, but it's especially when I'm grieving or if I'm needing to call upon Him um, or there's something in my life, like He really is right there and He's shown me more of Himself. Um, and, you know, He says, and though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you have not seen him, even though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and salvation of your souls. Saying that basically you are happy and God, he is sparing your soul and he has a place for you up in heaven. And as to the salvation, the prophets who prophesied the grace that would come made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what the person uh, or the time of the Spirit of Christ uh, within them is dictating, uh, ind sorry, indicating that he has predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Here, I'm going to go to the main verse. Okay, it says, but you and these things which have now been announced to you by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit that it was sent from heaven. 
uh, things into which angels long to look. The things God has given you, angels want to see them. And it's the revelation of Jesus. It's the mysteries of Jesus. Who in here has felt like you were reading or you're praying and you found something new about Jesus and like and it would just and it made your heart flutter or it made you happy and excited, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, angels want to know that there's no more. Okay. I'm telling you, angels want to know the things of Jesus. But and he's saying they're made known to you. And so he says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit and fix your hope completely on the grace that has been brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. Okay. That was a long one. Now, it was, here, let me go back down to it. It was verse 13. Therefore, prepare in your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit and fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so now we're going to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it was what April was just saying. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. God has a plan for you. It's like, so that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who has encountered Jesus and knows that he's brought you out of some stuff, right? Yeah, you felt that shift. You felt that change, right? I can tell you that it's real. And for once, you were not a people that was chosen by God, but now you are the people of God. Because what you were once in, God couldn't uh, accept it or tolerate it. But when you accepted Jesus, you were able to walk in the things that God has given you. That's what Peter is saying. And you have not received mercy, but now you have received his mercy. All right. I know that was a lot, but I promise you guys there's one last uh, scripture for you. And it's only a few verses. And it's going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received the faith of the same kind of ours, and by the righteousness of our God, Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything. What is that? Everything. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of Jesus, who has called us by Jesus and his own glory and excellence. And for by these, he has granted us precious and magnificent promises. He's saying he's given us the best promises ever. So if we go back and we listen to the prophets, we can see what he's talking about. It's like so that you might say that, sorry, Magnificent promises so that you can partake in them and that they are part of God's nature for you. For having escaped the sin and the fallen nature that was in the world by its lust. But now, for all this very reason, apply diligence. And it's like apply diligence in your face and your faith. Supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. 
So what I'm trying to say is that Peter, he's trying to tell you what the world would want you to do is not what God wants you to do, right? Yeah. But he's saying, what does God want you to do? He said he wants you to be diligent every single day. Do you know what diligent means? That means he wants you to take things serious, right? Like what April was saying. He said he wants you to, t- to be diligent. He wants you to be serious, even like if it's about the small things, about your everyday walk. Um, be intentional. Being intentional. There you go. Uh, and it's like, and with, it's like, and when you're diligent, you know, and when you're intentional, be intentional with your faith. Who in here can say that they pray every day? Yeah, just about everybody. And so are you, the thing is, it's like if, when you're intentional to pray, things change. Because something that Karen Wheaton, she said, she said, once we get serious about the things of God, God will get serious about our things too. Yeah, and the thing is, he's already serious about him, about us. Sometimes we just have to become aware that he's serious about us. And the way we become aware is when we talk to him and we ask him, God, what are you wanting to do? And that's where we get direction and we don't feel lost. But basically he's saying that the, the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you self-control. And he's also going to show you how to be kind to one another. And he's going to show you how to love one another. So you guys are friends, right? All, all you guys are friends pretty much? Depends on the day, depends on the day. Okay, I got you. But most of the time, you guys are friends, right? And you guys are friendly. So you guys, (laughs) friendly is a broad term. Let me just say that. (laughs) Friendly is a very broad term. Friendly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, you want this, you want this chicken nugget? It's from Mickey D's. Sure. Whack. Yeah, 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 sorry. Exactly. It's still, so, you know, it, that's what I think he means by brotherly love. I'm just teasing. All right. So that's the scripture that I have for you guys. But I'm just saying that I know that the Lord, he is saying, you know, that he wants you guys to be intentional about prayer. And the reason why I had to bring up that scripture was because who in here would feel like this guy that, that wrote all these things, he was pretty serious about God. You guys think he would be or not really? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm? Peter. Yeah, like, do you feel like he was intentional or like he was serious about God? Because I can tell you, Peter, he had a different life that a life that was very different than ours. You know, originally his name was Simon. Yep, Simon Peter. That's how a lot of scripture references him. But he was his name was Simon. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm going over a little bit of the time. I just told those two stories, which made it go a little further than I expected. But I'm almost done. Peter, his name was literally changed by Jesus. Because there were, there were things going on in his life that when Jesus lo- said, who do people say that I am? And Peter ter- said to him, or Simon at the time, he said, you are the son of God. And then Jesus, knowing that this was given to him by, by Father God, he said, now I call you Peter. You're going to be on my rock. And on, it's like, on this rock, I will build my church. And against it, the gates of hell will not prevail. I can tell you that rock still stands today, that rock that is in the spirit of Jesus. Yeah. And, against, and in your life, against it, the gates of hell will not prevail. Against it, as hard as things seem, you know, it will not prevail. 
It's like it's not going to win against you. If you hold on to Jesus, life will not win against you. And so what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you have Peter, this guy that loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. He's had a revelation of Jesus. And whenever he's with Jesus, he's telling him this, these intimate words, these really close and relational words, right? And then again, you know, who remembers the story about Jesus? He fed over 5,000 people with just, you know, uh, five loaves and two fish, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he did that. He just, he had those, and he gave them out to everybody. And, you know, and there was thousands upon thousands of people following Jesus. And anyways, Jesus went across the sea, and all these people followed him. And, he, and then Jesus went, and he said, if you really want to follow me, you're going to pick up your cross every day, lay down your desires, and you're going to pick up your cross. And you're going to die to yourself, and you're going to follow me to walk in your way. And then everyone left. Well, a lot of people left. It went from thousands to a handful, maybe a dozen people. And Jesus, you know, he looked around and he looked at his disciples and he said, are you guys going to leave me too? All these people just left me. And Peter, he said, no, you have the words of life. Because they knew even as hard as it got, they knew Jesus is the one that gave them hope, that gave them joy, that he's the one that loves them, that he's the one that was intentional about them. He took time to care for them, to listen to them, to grow them. And so, you know, you have this guy that is saying all these words to Jesus. But the reason why I have this title as Jesus over culture, because when culture hits your relationship with Jesus, sometimes it can look different. Because when Jesus, when he was arrested... First, Peter, he tried to, you know, he tried to cut a guy's head off, but he missed and he only cut his ear off. And then Jesus took that ear and put it back on that servant and that guy was healed. And, you know, he, he spoke to him and went away. But when it came to people saying, hey, do you follow Jesus? And this wasn't just a regular question. Like, do you follow Jesus? This is the Jesus that was probably just in that building that was across the street, the one that you were just here that heard being flogged, the one that was getting whipped over and over and over again, you were hearing his screams, and the one that he loved, the one that he knows was going to be the savior of the world, and that was one of his closest friends. He knew that was getting beaten, and he knew if anybody knew he was with him, he was going to get that beating too. And when that culture... When he was around the fire, people said, I recognize you. You're with Jesus, the guy that's over in that building, the one that's right across the street. He said, that's not me. And then someone else says, no, I recognize you. You followed Jesus. I know you followed Jesus. You're right. Like, I saw you. And he says, no, I didn't. And then another time, someone was like, I know I saw you with Jesus. You loved him. You were, you were right there next to him. You helped him to perform the miracles. He's like, no, I didn't. That wasn't me. I don't even know the man. The guy that he loved, the man, Jesus, that was God in flesh that he loved, he denied in front of the people because the cult, when the, you know, when the tough got going and the culture was around him, the culture put pressure on his relationship with Jesus. He denied him. When the, pre when the world's pressure was put on his relationship, 
it broke those strings. And he was like, you know, I'm going to cut my ties. But, you know, that was probably the worst mistake Peter ever made. And he, because he said he was, he didn't know him. But I can tell you, whenever Jesus was risen, who, and you guys know that when the Marys came back from the tomb and says, guys, Jesus was raised from the tomb. The tomb is empty. Guess what? Peter and John were the first two to run to the tomb because I know he was wanting to tell him that he was sorry. And the thing is, whenever Jesus did appear to them, they went a walk on a beach and you know, who in here has ever seen a third wheel before when you know that there's these two people that are trying to talk and you see someone straggling along? Yeah, well, I can tell you that third wheel was John in this instance. But Jesus and Peter, they were walking along the beach and you just kind of, you know, John would be in the background probably trying to hide behind the bush, trying to just, you know, sneak in on their conversation, trying to eavesdrop on them. You know, now that's sussy baka. It's okay. Um <laughs> the cringe is real. <laughs> but he went over there and Jesus asked him, he said, Peter, do you love me? And he was like, yes, Jesus, I love you. And he was like, but Peter, do you really love me? And he said, yes, Jesus, I love you. And he was like, okay, take care of my people. Take care of your, the sheep. And then he said, for the third time, he was like, but Peter, do you love me? And at this time, Peter just started to cry and to cry and to cry. And he's like, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, okay, I want you to take care of my people. Again, he said, he kept reinforcing, I want you to take care of them. And it was like almost as if the three times Peter denied him, Jesus was giving him a chance uh, for redemption for the three times to accept him all over again. And so I can tell you when the pressure gets on, don't back down. Because Peter, later on, he was part of the people that were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And he was filled with boldness. He was filled with boldness. Who in here feels like they need the boldness of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know we all do. And so, actually, I'm going to read just part of that. I know this is, this is the last part, guys. I promise. But, you know, that is found in Acts chapter 2. The same person that denied Jesus is the one that, you know, the same person that, that went over to deny him was the one that whenever the crowd came up and was like, look, these people are just drunk. These people really aren't speaking in tongues. These people really aren't full with the Holy Spirit. And it, But we can find here, instead of backing down from saying he didn't know Jesus, he told everybody who Jesus was. And so chapter two, Acts chapter 2, verse 14 says, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be made known to you, and give heed to my words. Take my word serious, for these, are, these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. It's like it's really early. It's like nine o'clock. 
It's like, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, I will pour my spirit forth on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I can tell you that's you guys. That's us. Yeah. I can tell you. God, He was saying the last days He's going to pour out His Spirit and His sons and daughters shall prophesy. Guys, God's given something to you that's valuable. And that's why He's wanting you to be intentional about it. He wants you to take it serious. This is what He has for you. He says, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And even my bondservants, both men and women, I will... On those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the skies above and on the earth below. And then he says, men of Israel, listen to these words. Like all the way down to verse 22, he says, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles, signs, and wonders, which was performed through him in your midst. Just as you know, this man was delivered by the predetermined plan, like the already destined plan by God, and that you nailed Jesus to the cross by the hands of godless men, and you put him to death. But God raised him up again and put an end to the agony of death and sin. And since it was impossible for him, and since it was impossible for him to be held in its power, God raised him for the dead because death and sin could not conquer Jesus. Jesus won. Jesus has the victory. And that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. And after Peter said that, 3,000 people were saved, and they also were water baptized. And I'm telling you, guys, that stuff just doesn't happen. It's because he was filled with the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And I believe when he was on the beach with Jesus, he made a decision saying, I will never deny you again. When the world comes against me, I don't care how many people there are. I'm going to tell them the truth of you and that I do know you, that I do love you, and that you came for them too. Yeah. And so I know April, she already gave an altar call for... If you want to know Jesus, but real quick, if you guys can, can you guys just stand up real quick? I know this is long, but I'm telling you, I believe it's worth it. If you guys can stand, just bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. If you feel like, man, I had that, I had that opportunity earlier that I just want to say that I wanted to know Jesus and you feel like you missed it. If you just want to say, I want to know the Jesus that loves me unconditionally, the Jesus that has good plans for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, the one that wants to give me compassion, the one that gives me hope and a joy, the one that has a good future for me. If you, if you feel like you don't have that with Him, but you want to have Him, will you raise your hand? We, want, we would love to pray with you. Yeah? Okay. Well, it's okay. If you feel like you want to have the boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you feel like, man, I just want to have the boldness of God in my life. I can, will you raise your hand? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. All right, well, we're going to pray real quick. Father, we just ask for...
For those who are seeking will find. And God, that those who call upon Your name will be filled this day. Lord, I ask that right now that for the boldness of Your presence, the boldness of Your Spirit would fall afresh in this room. God, I ask that there would be a fresh infilling of Your Spirit and a baptism of Your power. God, I thank You that You've called us to be bold and courageous. To be bold and courageous. God, I thank You for the new things that You have for this for this group, for this people, for this youth group. God, I thank You that You are having good things in store for them. God, I thank You, God, that You have called them to walk in courage and not of fear. God, to have peace and not anxiety. God, I thank You for anxiety going right now in Jesus' name. God, for anxiousness having to go right now in Jesus' name. For peace to fill their heart. Peace to fill their mind. Lord, I thank You that You are here. And I'm asking that whoever wants to do Whoever wants to receive what the Lord wants to do, just open up their heart to them. Lord, we thank You for what You're doing. We thank You. We thank You for the more. We love You, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.